Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I get emails all the time from women who have heard me talk about how counseling has transformed my life and my emotional resilience, but who feel stuck on how to find a counselor. I am so thrilled that I have a resource that I can point them to that will work no matter where they live or how busy they are, and that is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest provider of counseling, and it is done 100% online. You simply fill out a brief intake questionnaire about your needs, and they match you with a licensed professional counselor who can help you. If the counselor that they match you with doesn't end up being a perfect fit, you can simply request a change and they will try again. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and 3 and 30 listeners get 50% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash 3 and 30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Have you discovered your child watching YouTube on their school-issued Chromebook in the middle of the night? Or rolled over first thing in the morning, not to say good morning to your partner or to start your day with a prayer or meditation, but to grab your phone off the nightstand and start scrolling? Or have you ever gone through an entire family car trip without talking to one another because you're all plugged into your technology? These are all real life experiences that have happened to me in the past year, and I know that it is time to get a better handle on our technology use in our family. That's why I'm so excited to have Andrea Davis of Better Screen Time back on the podcast today to teach us how to help our children and ourselves build a healthy relationship with technology. You may remember her from her first appearance on 3 and 30 several years ago, where she talked about how to know when and if your child is ready for a cell phone. Andrea is a mom of five who shares a family-tested approach to fewer screen time battles and more peace of mind. She says her goal is to help parents worry less and connect more with their kids, and I am here for that. Andrea is re-releasing a revised version of her signature course, Creating a Tech-Healthy Family, this week. I believe it will go live on Tuesday, November 9th, and I am so excited to enroll and go through it in the next few months because our family needs this. 
If you would also like to join the course as well as support 3 and 30, you can sign up through my affiliate link. Just go to 3 and 30 podcast.com slash better screen time to sign up. And I will have a link to that in the show notes. Today's episode will give you an introduction to Andrea's work, and I know it will impact you as deeply as it has impacted me. So here we go. Andrea, welcome back to 3 and 30. It's so good to have you here. Hey, Rachel. I am so excited to be back again. Well, I have been thinking a lot about this topic in my own home because my kids are getting older. Yes. And I feel like before it was almost like, well, I could keep technology away from them. Yeah. So I didn't have to worry as much about it. But now there's just so much more. They have the Chromebooks from school that mm-hmm. are here. They are with their friends who have phones, which is kind of crazy to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's just, there's so much more that I'm feeling the sense of, I can't quite control this anymore the way that I used to. And so what do I do? How do I move forward with technology with my children? Noah is 10. So he's just entering the preteen years. Mm -hmm. And so this conversation is going to be so helpful for me. And I know for many, many people out there about how to create a tech healthy family. So do you want to just jump in with our first takeaway? Yeah, let's do it. And I just can relate to all the things you just said, because that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I had so much control over the situation when my kids were younger. But also technology was so different then. And now here we are, hopefully toward the end of the pandemic. I don't know where we are in this. Yeah, who even knows? Our kids (laughs) have had so much more access to technology that the last time I recorded with you, we would have never even dreamed of, right? I know. And so given that your kids are growing up and that technology has changed and that we have been through this pandemic where we've had so much more access to tech, we do. We kind of have to step it up a little bit. I'm actually going to share three takeaways and each will be catered to kind of a different age group. Mm -hmm. And so the first takeaway is really, especially for those moms with littles, because they're always asking me, what do I do now? Like, what should I be doing? Because I'm already worrying about technology. So my advice and my first takeaway for them is to craft a vision for the future. Mm-hmm. And that might, might sound kind of big, like, okay, what exactly does that mean? But I'd like you to just think and possibly even dream of some characteristics of your future family. So what do you want your family to look like in five or 10 years? And there's some questions that I've asked myself over the years to kind of help me with this. And one of them is just thinking, how do we want to use technology now so that we can have the relationships that we want later? Mm -hmm. And when my kids were young, and I know I shared this when we recorded before, but we put our TV in the closet and just use it as an appliance, which I know sounds pretty crazy. And it's not necessarily something I'm telling people to do. But the whole reason I did that was because I wanted my kids to be readers. That definitely was something that was important to me when my kids were just very little. And I just thought, I just want to raise them to be readers. And I want books to be important in our home. And so that changed how we use technology. And it Mm. wasn't that I ever thought the TV was bad or that I never relied on it. But I just had that vision of the future. Mm. And I think another question that's really helpful is just what tech habits do I, you know, as the parents want to instill now so that those habits are seamless as our kids grow. 
and for me, that's been, you know, leaving my phone out of the bedroom and, mm-hmm. and out of the bathrooms and modeling that for my kids. And so, you know, when your kids are little, that's kind of what you can think about. You think about crafting a vision for the future. You're kind of thinking about, okay, how do I want my teens to be using their tech when they have more access to it? I guess I better be doing that now, which is kind yeah. of hard to do when, honestly, when your kid's a little, you can kind of get away with a lot, right? Because they go to bed early, they have nap time, you can take your phone and your tech wherever you want. But if you just can have that vision and think about that, that will kind of help you to have good tech habits in your own life so that you're just modeling that already. And yeah. that's been really helpful for me. That is pierces my heart a little bit. It reminds me that the way that I have been using my phone is not how I would want my kids to use their phones. Mm -hmm. And I need to be modeling. I should have been modeling all along, but it's not too late. No. I mean, I've often thought about that. Like, would I want my children laying in their bed, looking at the phone right before they went to sleep or grabbing the phone first thing in the morning and looking at it? Would I want them filling their downtime and their white space by scrolling on their phone? No, I would be like on them and nagging them. And yet that is exactly what I'm doing. And do I quickly check a text while I'm driving? I would go ballistic if I saw my teenager (laughs) doing that. Yeah, I I would be so worried for their safety. And yet I'm doing that, you know, and so getting honest with yourself about your own phone use and habits, that has to be the starting place, right? Definitely. For a tech healthy family. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I always say, I love the quote, you know, be the change that you want to see. A little bit of guilt is helpful for us. I know as moms, like we hate the word guilt and we are often feeling guilty anyway, if we can just take a small dose of it <laughs> to help us to change and then let go. Like, I'm going to change this one little thing. I'm not going to look at my phone after nine o'clock or whatever it is. Yeah. But honestly, Rachel, I was not super committed to those changes until I had a middle schooler and I could see like her peers were starting to get devices. And I shared our story in our last episode about handing over a device too soon and going back to the brick phone and and learning a lot from that. But that really was what motivated me to start making a lot of changes. So it really is never too late to make those changes. And something that has been helpful for me with the guilt and shame that I sometimes feel around my phone use and technology use is realizing that this isn't a personal failing This is an entire industry that is created around wanting us to be addicted. Yes. So I'm not just a weak human that can't control myself. No, people have studied human brains and created this technology just to keep us on it longer. So if that is happening for us, it's not our fault, but we need to be aware of it and put some supports in place to help us to not fall into that and to also not feel ashamed that we are falling into it. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. And one important thing to keep in mind is I've heard some tech experts compare our technology use with eating and with food. So you can say, right, Mm -hmm. we can't live without food, but you could also argue that we can't live without technology. I mean, unless Mm -hmm. you are going to completely go off the grid. And so it's more about having that healthy relationship with food, right? having that healthy relationship with technology, because that's really something that is hard to live without. 
in our era. Yeah. So we kind yeah. of just have to figure out, okay, what's my relationship with this thing that I, I do need and is super helpful in my life? Yeah. Well, and I think that a relationship with food is often an ongoing journey, you know, to figure out. I mean, especially I I have a history with eating disorders. So for me, it is definitely an ongoing thing that I'm constantly reevaluating. How am I doing and how can I support myself better? And as there are innovations in technology too, we're going to have to reevaluate because technology is going to be different a year from now than it is right now, which is crazy. Yes. So yeah, so much to think about. And I love this idea of really holding tight to the vision that you have for your family as you navigate that ever-changing relationship with technology. Your constant kind of is this vision that you have for the family that you're creating. Yeah. And that vision can help you stay strong even when you mess up or you have to make some changes. And I was just thinking of an example of this, of when I was pregnant with our fourth, we moved from Indiana to Illinois and my husband started a new job. We were in temp housing and it was super hot that summer. And any of your listeners in the Midwest will know like Midwest in the summer when it's hot and humid is just, it's the worst. And I I was super pregnant. But anyway, Mm. I had three young girls. They watched a ton of Wiggles, which I'm dating myself here. But the Wiggles, they were this Australian singing band. Oh, yeah. And we went from like not knowing who they were to they knew like all of their names. Mm -hmm. And that's because that was the only way I could survive that couple of weeks was Mm. by turning on the TV and watching a ton of it. But I didn't get upset or think, oh, I'm the worst mom. I was just like, this is a this is a moment. It's a season. This is a moment. Exactly. And so with those moms of littles to just remember that like if you need technology to take a break you don't need to feel guilty about that and then just think about there are better options for example you know watching a tv is actually better for your kids than than being on an ipad and there's just Mm -hmm. a lot of studies about that about the interactivity on screens how they cause a dopamine spike in our children's brains and that's Mm -hmm. why you'll have a much harder time getting your younger child off of an ipad than you might be just turning off the tv So just thinking about like, what type of a screen is it? You know, how long are they on it? And what type of content am I allowing? And if you need an hour of, you know, Daniel Tiger or whatever in the afternoon to get through, totally fine. In the long run, it's not going to be a huge deal, especially if you've crafted this vision and you've thought about, okay, well, most of the time we're out on our bikes or we're reading books or we're cooking dinner together. Then you kind of have that vision and that's what you'll see later down the road. This podcast is sponsored by ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat directly to your door. We are talking 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, and wild-caught seafood. High-quality meat matters a lot to our family for the taste, the nutritional value, and the more eco-friendly sourcing. But we live in a small town in Idaho where it is not easy to find this kind of meat, especially in large quantities. I would have to drive 90 minutes to a Costco or two and a half hours to a Whole Foods, and that is just not feasible very often in my busy mom life. That's why I am so thrilled by ButcherBox's meat delivery subscription, where you can get 8 to 14 pounds of humanely raised, high-quality meat delivered to you each month at affordable prices with free shipping. It makes meal prep, cooking, and grocery shopping so much easier to know that meat is going to arrive on my doorstep. Shipping is always free, and this holiday season, ButcherBox is proud to give new members a free turkey. 
Just go to butcherbox.com slash three and 30 to sign up. That's B-U-T-C-H-E-R-B-O-X.com slash three and 30 to receive a free turkey in your first box. This podcast is also sponsored by Apostrophe, your online dermatologist. Have you ever heard of tretinoin, spironolactone, or what about clindamycin? I may not be able to pronounce these ingredients, but I can tell you what they do. Tretinoin unclogs pores and even skin tone. Spironolactone targets hormonal acne. And clindamycin fights acne-causing bacteria and inflammation. I didn't know what they were either until I got my own prescription acne treatment from Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne, and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe. We have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash 3in30 when you use our code 3in30. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash 3in30 and click begin visit. Then use our code 3in30 at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash 3in30 and use that code 3in30 to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast. And then what is your second takeaway? Okay, so my second takeaway is for those moms of elementary age kids. So I'm thinking like ages 5 to 12 to 13. I mean, even like middle school, but just kind of school age kids. And that is to schedule consistent tech talks. And when I say consistent, I'm thinking like maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. It could be every week. But just thinking about what do I need to talk to my kids about now before they have more access to tech. And if you're just stumbling about where to start, then we actually have a discussion guide called Creating a Tech Healthy Family that's on Amazon. And it's 10 must-have conversations to help you worry less and connect more with your kids. The first two discussions are going to help your family create a family tech plan. And I used to think that that was just a nice thing to have, but in our era, it's a necessity. If you have any tech in your home, even just parents with smartphones, your family needs to have some kind of a plan. And that's Mm. just going to eliminate a lot of conflict in your home. That's really the main purpose of it because you'll keep spinning and you'll be like, oh, well, I thought it was okay to take my laptop in the bedroom or Your kids will say, oh, I thought I could play that video game. And you're like, why did you think that? That's not okay. (laughs) But if you can have some conversations ahead of time and just kind of have some boundaries in place, it just is going to help everybody. So I I help you do that in the guide. Mm -hmm. And then we go through a series of other conversations. We talk about pornography. We talk about self-awareness because I think that's a skill that will help kids when they're not under your 
eyesight or under your control and they're out into the world or they're at school, they kind of need to be thinking about like if they've spent three hours playing video games or scrolling social media, that self-awareness, that skill is so important because they can tune into themselves and think, how am I feeling right now? Is this helping me? Where has all my time gone? (laughs) And so you kind of can have that conversation and we talked about, well, what are some things we could do instead? And so we made a big list as a family, like, what do we love to do? We like to ride bikes or we love to play games. And I think just helping your kids have that tool in their toolbox of, okay, these are the things I do when I'm bored. I don't need to just turn to a screen because Mm. the screen's always going to be an easy default for us and our kids. Yeah. And what I love about these tech talks that you recommend is you're not just saying have the talk with them about pornography or have the talk with them about five rules for your phones in our house. It's it's so much deeper than that. The tech talks that you recommend, like you said, it's about teaching them about self-awareness and having them help to craft that vision that you talked about in Takeaway One the vision for the future, having a family discussion. What do we want our home culture to be like in five to 10 years? What would you like our restrictions to be on our phone use as the parents and having discussions about that? Because my kids hate it when I'm glued to my phone and they will say to me, put your phone down. And that's always like a a knife to the heart, you know? (laughs) And so these guides that you put together, these tech talks go so much farther than kind of what we might think of as the conventional, like, have this talk and then check it off. It's not just like, now that you have an Xbox or now that you have a Nintendo Switch, here are your five rules for that. It's like foundational principles that they can apply to any technology that they encounter for the rest of their lives. That's what you're giving them as you have these discussions. Exactly. And like you said, our kids get to be part of the solution. They're helping you create this family tech plan and helping come up with the rules. And then they have some ownership and some buy-in. And that's so important. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then what is your final takeaway? So my final takeaway is geared to those parents of teenagers. And it is to create a pledge with your teen. And you might be wondering, what am I talking about? A pledge. But it's so often that you see cell phone contracts. And I think when cell phones first came onto the scene, that kind of became the default option for parents to print out a contract and say, okay, here, sign here before you can have your phone, sign this. And I'm not saying that that's bad. And I think for in some situations and for some kids, it's probably been really helpful But I've found with our own teenagers, something that's been more helpful is to create a parent-teen pledge where we're having a conversation about our teenagers' values. So actually, we have a course called Untangling Teens in Tech, and I walk parents through this, but I, you know, sat my teen down and I just gave her a list. It was actually from a Brene Brown printout. And it's just a list of values. And I'm like, okay, if you could pick like 10 of these values, which of these do you think are true for you? Mm. And so she did that and and I did that and we talked about that. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. How do you think you can live that, you know, on your phone once you have more access to other things on a phone? And so, you know, some parents will say, oh, well, my teen will never have that conversation. And my response to that is that if your teen can't have that conversation, then they're not ready for a smartphone. Because... Mm. <laughs> 
you have to know what you stand for and what you believe in and what your personal values are before someone else tells you what they are on social media or Mm. someone sends you a mean text. And when you can line with your own personal values and think, okay, well, one of my values was kindness. So if I'm kind, how am I going to respond to this person in a text? And so obviously there's steps there and it's not like, oh, your kid can't have a phone if they're not to that point yet. You know, now there's gab phones and phones that don't have internet access, which is a great blessing because we didn't used to have that when my oldest was in middle school. So there's Mm -hmm. kind of steps, but by the time, you know, your teen is older and perhaps they do have a regular smartphone or they just have more access to tech on a, even a laptop or something you know, they really need to understand how they are expected to live those values, like expectations are, are important. But I really think it's more powerful when it comes from them. It's more meaningful when it comes mm. from them. And then as a parent, I actually wrote down what my pledge was to my teen. And it was just things like that I'm not going to yell and get really mad if you post something that I'm not happy about uh, that I'm going to take a deep breath and be calm and and have a conversation about it. When my teen was making this, when we were doing this pledge, there were some questions that were helpful for us. You know, I just asked her, if you were a parent, how would you want your child or teen to use his or her device? And that was something that she had to answer. And I said, using your list of values, who do you want to be online and offline? How will you use your device to live those values? And then on the flip side, for me, I just said, if you were a teen, how would you want your parent to support and help you to use tech and social media wisely? How will you model your values when using your device? And those are just some examples of questions that my teen and I use together to kind of journal and write this pledge out. Oh, that's beautiful. Do you have the pledges? Can you read? Or I mean, if that's personal, you don't have to, but... Do you have an example of what this sounds like when it's all put together as a pledge? Yes, actually, I have it right here. And I will go ahead and share that. So my answers were, so if I were a teen, how would I want my parent to support and help me to use tech wisely? I put trust me, talk to me about potential pitfalls and prepare me. Let me express myself in positive ways. Don't get mad or upset if I make a mistake and be an example. That was what I said if I were a teen. And then the question was like, how do I want to live my life online and offline? And how will I use my device to model healthy tech use? This is kind of all meshed together. But I put that I will follow the family tech plan as a parent. I'll keep my device out of the bedroom and the bathroom. I'll respect others with regard to what I share online and what I don't. And that comes into play because I have a business social media account and I do share parts of our family, but I told the kids, I'm not going to share anything without your permission. Mm. So in that respect, I am respecting them, but I'm also modeling for them what's appropriate. Mm. I put that I'm not going to spend time on my phone in the car when we're all together. That was a big thing that was very challenging for me several years ago, and I have gotten so much better at it. So it's interesting to look back and see, even when I wrote this a few years ago, how I have gotten better at some things and how it, it still can be challenging. But My husband actually said, he's like, you know, sometimes you're in the passenger seat, but it's not like you're really there. 
And Mm. I'd love to have somebody to talk to. And I think it's because as moms, it's like an opportunity to catch up, right? You jump in the passenger seat and your spouse is driving and you think, okay, I can respond to those texts. I can respond to DMs, especially, you know, running a business online. And I had to make a commitment to not be on my phone when we're in the car all together. And when we're doing family activities to not spend time on my phone. So my teenager's answers to the first question, you know, was if you were a parent, how would you want your teen to use his or her device? And she put to use tech to keep in touch with family and friends, use tech to express creativity, spread knowledge and help other people feel happy, which I thought was sweet that she said that, that that was how she thought, you know, we should use tech. And then how she wanted to live her values on her phone. She said, I want to treat everyone equal, be kind to everyone, be responsible, stay on top of my schoolwork, have faith and prepare myself for the future. Hmm. So again, you can see how those are so different than like, I don't know, just this big long contract of do's and don'ts. And that pledge is going to be so much more meaningful to them because they wrote it. And again, Mm. if they're not willing to flesh that out and and kind of figure out what their values are, they're not ready for that responsibility because it's a huge responsibility. Yeah. And do you revisit this with them and review what their answers were? Yeah, I would say, sadly, I would say most often when we have is because been when things maybe didn't go quite right, Mm. which is normal, I think. But I do try to compliment my teen and I think just complimenting them about other things. Yeah. Even just completely unrelated to tech. That's always building them up. And I feel like I've done a better job at that in recent years. My next teen is 13. So she's eighth grade. And I'm just starting this process with her. So she Mm. just has a gab phone. She'll probably have a gab phone for quite a while yet. And that's okay. But we are starting this process of having the conversations because I think it's helpful for them because at that age, they start asking for more access. Mm. And so it's kind of a way to be like, it's not just a flat out no, but it's a not yet. It's like, oh yeah, we'll prepare you for that. We're going to work together. And it's going to take some time before we're both ready. Yeah. I mean, Noah's already asking. He's 10. Last night when I was putting him to bed, he was like, I'm the only kid in my class that doesn't have a phone, which I don't think is true. I think he's exaggerating on that. (laughs) But he's like, why? Why can't I have a phone? Why? And it was like 10 p.m. I'm like, we're not having this conversation right now. Yes. Because it deserves a bigger series of conversations, really. Like it does. you talk about and Yeah, exactly. And that discussion guide will help families prepare for that. Cause one of the discussions is basically just about am I ready? And so that's yeah. your chance to talk about that. Yeah. One other question I had that I can I can imagine that listeners uh, might have. What do you do if you and your partner, your spouse, are not on the same page with how they use their phone is not how you want to use your phone or you want your children to use their phone. And you don't want to be the controlling partner that's like, you can't be doing that because they're a grown up. Yep. <laughs> but you do know that they're setting a tone and an example that isn't what you would like. What do you do with that? Yeah. So my first step is always, it goes back to be the change you want to see. 
look at yourself first. I think it's always that way with things, right? When we want to change other people, look at yourself and just think, what's something small that I could do with my own phone use that might be helpful? And I say, start there. And then Mm -hmm. as you start to see some positive benefits, because you will, then share those with your spouse or partner. And Mm -hmm. just tell them, oh, I just have not been able to get to sleep at night. And I realized, oh, yeah, it's because I'm scrolling Instagram at 10 p.m. in my bed. And I quit doing it like a week ago. I've been leaving my phone in the charging station and I'm sleeping so much better. Just share that. See where the conversation goes. And then at another point in time when the kids aren't around and it's just the two of you and you've had some time to connect first, Just Mm -hmm. say, oh, I've noticed that you're always on your phone when we're trying to get ready for dinner. Could we all put our phones away from 6 to 7 p.m.? So start really small. Don't ask a lot at first Mm -hmm. and commit to it yourself too. We can never ask of others to do something we're not willing to do ourselves. And so just model it, connect before you correct, have the conversation And then just see where it goes. Yeah. And I think obviously your partner would be involved in these family tech talks and these discussions. And so they're helping to create that vision and build that as well. And you would think that naturally they would be coming along with whatever outcomes are coming from those. I would say that if you do all of that and they continue to use their phone in a way that you would prefer they not that eventually you kind of have to let it go, mm-hmm. but you can still live true to your values with your phone use and talk to and teach your children regardless and then just see where it takes you over time. So, yeah, I think you're exactly yeah. right. And the moment where it really starts interfering with relationships, then that's when we need to be concerned. And maybe it's a matter of seeing a counselor or someone like that. Often when people are buffering with their devices, it's because something else is going on, right? Yes. And they're feeling stressed and it's just a way for us to escape. And I'm mm. sure most of us have done it, but it can become a behavioral addiction for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word, but there's probably something else going on and maybe they need some help in some other areas of their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good suggestion. Well, thank you, Andrea, for all of this insight. And I love that you took us through kind of the three stages of parenting littles, school-age children and teens. And you have some great resources for families if they want to continue this work and go deeper. So can you tell us a little bit about your course and anything else that you'd like to share? Yes. So we are re-releasing our original course, Creating a Tech Healthy Family. So we created that a couple of years ago. And of course, I've learned a lot since then. And we've also just have more resources to share. And so we will be re-releasing that soon. It might likely be when this podcast airs. So I'm super excited about that. And the whole goal is to help families reduce screen time, restore family time, and to raise kids who thrive. So that's something I think is important to all of us. And then we have our course that is for parents of teens called Untangling Teens in Tech. And that is just to help you work with your teen to help them identify their values and how they want to live those values. Also has a lot of important conversations to have with your teen. I recommend a lot of TED Talks and my teen mm-hmm. actually really liked that. We watched TED Talks together We created this pledge. We talked about all the hard things, sexting, cyberbullying, pornography. So that's all in that course. And both courses are self-paced, but we do occasional 
live Zoom calls where parents can just come on and ask me anything. And then, of course, we have our discussion guide on Amazon called Creating a Tech Healthy Family. So that's an easy way to get started. I just wanted to create something for parents that was super simple and actionable. And that's exactly what that is. All right. Well, thank you, Andrea, so much for your ongoing wisdom and for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It was my pleasure. Many thanks to Andrea for that conversation and for all of the amazing work she does in the world. I hope you will use this episode not to cause guilt or shame about the way you've been modeling tech use in your home, but as motivation to do just a little bit better each day. I am right there with you working on this, and I hope you will join me in Andrea's new program by going to 3in30podcast.com slash better screen time. As a recap of our three takeaways, remember to first craft a vision for the future. How do you want to use technology today so that you can have the relationships you want in the future, five to 10 years down the road from now? This is such an eye-opening and important question to consider from the time our children are very little. Second, when your kids are a bit older, schedule consistent tech talks. Consider what you need to talk to them about now before they have more access to tech later. You can get a great starting point for these discussions by purchasing Andrea's book, Creating a Tech Healthy Family, or by joining her course of the same name. And third and finally, when your child is a teenager and has access to a lot of tech and possibly a cell phone, create a pledge together. This is better than a contract with a list of do's and don'ts because it requires your teenager to think about their values and take ownership over who they want to be and how their online behavior is a reflection of that. It will also give you a chance to articulate your values and to make promises to your teen that will build your relationship and your accountability. As always, I love that Andrea goes to a deeper why behind our parenting decisions and discussions within these three takeaways. She is a brilliant educator, and I hope you will check out more of her work by going to 3in30podcast.com slash better screen time, where I will include all of my affiliate links. My friend, parenting in this modern world is often noisy and overwhelming, but we can do this and we are doing it. Thank you for showing up to listen to 3 and 30 week after week. Your kids are so lucky to have you, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family. I'm Stacy Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at band camp... Uh uh, not now, Stacy. Oh, right. Sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again. The whole view is exactly that. A comprehensive and holistic look at important topics that likely resonate with you. We also take a body positive approach. And instead of engaging in diet culture, we focus on what the actual medical research says are the healthiest choices in terms of diet, lifestyle, and non-toxic living. And we're not afraid to bust myths that are trending in health conscious communities. Join us to laugh and learn and just feel like you're hanging out with your two nerdiest besties. Check out the Whole View podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.